Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. I've been toying around with a different tagline. What do you think of the best damn birding podcast, period? <laughs> kind of a takeoff on the sports show that's closed a few years ago. Anyway, I've had terrific guests so far, and I feel like I'm well on my way. Last week, Bill Twight did such a great job of teaching us about pelagic birding off the coast of Washington. Uh, made even better by getting to talk about the two short-tailed albatross we saw on the, on the pelagic trip last week with Westport Seabirds. That was just a highlight of my spring. Uh, but this week, we're going to stay on land. We're going to talk about the upcoming WAS convention, Washington Ornithologic Society, WAS, and uh, our convention this year is in the second weekend in May at Moses Lake area. And I've got Shep Thorpe on today to talk about that and uh, his birding experiences. Shep is a, a well-known local birder. He uh, is a terrific field trip leader and just such a nice guy. Always fun to be around, good energy, and uh, a wonderful uh, person to know and, and call my friend. Uh, so I'm really excited for you to hear from Shep today and learn about the upcoming WASP convention. So Shep, welcome to the Bird Banner Podcast. Hey, how are you, Ed? I'm doing great, thanks. Shep, I asked you to be on the podcast today primarily because we've got the WASP convention coming up at Moses Lake, and I know you've been involved with WASP uh, over the years. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited to be going to this conference. I think it's in a, a great location, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm also looking forward to because this is one of the ones that um, I haven't had to be involved in the organization, so I get to um, enjoy it um, a bit more as a as a, a member. Get to go but, be a participant um, I, instead of a leader. That's cool. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Um, but um, you know, um, as you know, um, I um, help to put together um, uh, conferences with them. Um, other board members um, back at Ocean Shores in Yakima and uh, and Walla Walla. So those were um, uh, great experiences. Good, good. So are you involved at all in this? I I didn't even see your name as a trip leader. Gosh. Yeah. the uh, The only thing I'm doing um, this year is I'm helping um, Dennis Paulson our um, Stump the Experts Quiz Night on Friday night, which is um, always a super fun time. Um, uh, Dennis has these um, great pictures of um, birds from different angles, and it gives a chance for um, some of our um, super smart um, birders out there to uh, help um, give their tips on yeah. identification, as well as give the, the membership who's um, involved in the game as well a chance to um, see, um, test their skills. That is always fun. I, I one time was on the one of the panels for that, and it's very humbling. Very humbling. You you luck <laughs> out. You don't have to be the person making the guesses. You you, you don't have yeah. to show your ignorance this year. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's that's the trick. That's the fun part. So I would encourage anybody who's interested in getting um, a bit more involved and in wanting to um, avoid some of the the spotlight. That that's a fun way to do it. That sounds it's like a, a fun way. MC, MC, yeah, MC the event. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Anyway, tell us, uh, you've birded Moses Lake area quite a bit. What are some of your favorite places over in that area, especially for the May, you know, springtime of year? Yeah, um, I really enjoy the um, Othello area and uh, the Parapons um, area. Um, that's a great place to find um, some specialties, um, like the tricolored blackbird, uh, which is um, one of my favorites. There's a, a big 
grain elevator now next to some railroad tracks right. that looks over the pair of ponds there. And sometimes you just have to kind of pull over the road there and spend a little bit of time. And um, those um, little tricolors pop out. Yeah, they like that, that tall bulrush stuff there instead. I don't know if it's bulrush, but whatever the tall reeds are instead of the regular cattails. It seems like they congregate over in that area. So. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's... Uh, more of a tubular uh, leaf than a than a cattail leaf. Yeah, it is and, different. Um, uh, yeah, they seem to seem to like it a lot. And then the ponds themselves, you know, um, it seems to me that there's always um, either some um, avocets or black neck stilts in there during I think springtime. Both. Yeah, I think both. So hopefully, we get a chance to see um, those species as well. They are fun. Those are some of the the alkaline pond specialty things over there. That's always really nice. Uh, any other places that come right to mind? I, I know I always go... Yeah, per- just east. Okay, go ahead. Just, just east of Othello, um, there's a lot of agricultural areas, and it can take a little bit of time and be sort of a different kind of birding, but one of the things I really enjoy doing is, um, you know, imagining and trying to find where some of the um, burrowing owls um, might they, be. Um, they are nesting. always, they're, you know, I hate to call birds cute, but if a bird could be cute, they are cute. They're neat little animals. <laughs> <laughs> and then oftentimes, you know, they're in a fun little family group, and so um, it's not too often that you get to, to find owls in that situation unless you get lucky enough to know where a nest is. And, um, you know, in years past, we've gotten lucky from time to time and have, have found a, a burrow where there might be, you know, um, not only two, but coming back to it, you know, several young. And um, that's, that's a super special experience. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I know that you've got the whole, uh, it's a migrant trap in the fall, but I haven't birded a whole lot there in the spring. So I'm kind of excited about going over to Ken and I are leading a couple of trips and, and I'm going <laughs> to, going to go over a day early and learn about it because it's uh, always, always a fun thing to do. Yeah. Awesome. I'm thrilled to hear that you guys are doing that. You and uh, Ken are like some of the most energetic uh, leaders that I, I know of. And um, I always get excited when I see you guys talk about birds. It is fun. It is fun. So y- you've been leading trips for wasps quite a bit, especially in the winter. You, you it seems like you, you do. It, it's the wasps or is it Seattle Audubon's wasps that you lead the trip for, isn't it's it? It's wasps. Yeah, that's yeah, what I is. thought. And so, yeah, so, you know, um, years ago um, when I was just kind of getting back into birding, I did it as a child and a teenager and then kind of got back into it um, sort of um, right after um, the, uh, the big recession. Mm. Um, I bumped into um, uh, Ruth Sullivan oh, okay. um, at the um, the Blacktail Gull site in Commencement Bay, mm-hmm. and uh, we formed um, a friendship at that time. Um, she's no longer with us, uh, sadly. Uh, yes, it is. But um, we we got along quite well, and um, um, I um, enjoyed um, her enthusiasm. And um, she had mentioned to me at that point that um, he had this um, winter trip um, to the um, Okanagan Highlands and Waterville Plateau. Right. And I had already been there on my own with some other birders, and so I knew it was a wonderful place to get started uh, for the year with some wintertime birding. It, it is cool. I mean, you know, first of all, it's so different from, from the west side where we are, where it's just rainy and soggy. You get up to the bright sun and the crisp 
you know, icy things and the frozen fog and the trees, and plus all the cool birds. It's, it's a great place to go. Exactly. You know, I think that for me, too, you know, being on the, uh, living on the cloudier side of the state, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a great way to up your vitamin D and, yeah. and uh, get out in some in sunshine and, and um, you know, some crisp snow. And so, you know, that's um, kind of a fun thing to do to, to break up the, the cloudiness of the winter here on the on the west side but um she um was a fascinating person in that she had memories of birding with her um son uh, patrick Sullivan. right right and uh, many people um in the area who've been birding for you know more than 10 years um know of him and um his um you know great skills he, and, he was and extraordinary of for sure yeah you know, I never, I never met him. Oh, but it was very out. enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, it was to meet him, and um, you know, I think that it just happened to be a kind of a timing thing, connecting with um, with Ruth, where you know she was looking for for co leaders for that trip. She had um, done it once or twice with um, Tim O'Brien, once okay. or t- twice with um, Stefan um, Schlick, uh, and right. so. She um, was, you know, looking for someone to help her out with that, and um, I really enjoyed um, hearing about um, her stories with him that they did. Um, I also got the sense that there was a lot of input from um, Ken Knittle mm-hmm. um, in um, Patrick Sullivan's training in that area that I kind of just sort of stumbled upon this, um, you know, gold mine of information and um you know did that trip with her for um gosh i would say approximately five years oh i, I didn't realize she did that her, with her okay nice uh, until her until her until her health health you know wasn't good enough that she could she could join me and then she very graciously sort of um you know, turned it over to me, and I've I've kept it going. But um, I think some of the parts of that trip that I do um, are really little nuggets um, from uh, birders um, of you know decades ago, including uh, Ken Knittel, um, You know, with regards to researching the area and, and thinking of places to stop by and see. Yeah, it, it's always uh, always fun to compare notes. You know, we're over there. You'll tell us about places, and we probably tell you about some too. And it's it's always fun. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, uh, you got, you took a group from Florida out there this winter, didn't you? I did. How did that it come was, together? Um, <laughs> that was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. They were um, fabulous birders, and I, I January of 2018 from um, Dale Gobel, who is a trip organizer with right. Clearwater Audubon, and she um, reached out and said, "Hey, can we go to um, you know the Okanagan Highlands?" Um, you know, next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> next weekend, okay. Yeah, and I was like, uh, no, it's not going to happen that quick. And so we made plans for the following year, and um, I got to um, the trip um, this winter, um, the third week of January. And um, it was a lot of fun bringing, um, you know, enthusiastic birders from another state into the area and, and sharing with them some of the things that make the Okanagan and the Waterville Plateau so special. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. So I, 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 
it was a it was a cool winter out there. It's just a different. What we were out there earlier, and there was just very little snow. I think you got there was more snow by the time you took them. Was it, or was it still pretty bare? You know, we, it was still bare, and so we didn't have. You know, it's been that strange winter. We didn't have winter until the actual wasp trip. Yeah, and so um, I had the Floridians and my scout trip. Um, when it was still just um, a small layer of snow and still pretty warm. The temperatures were above freezing, sort of in the high 30s and low 40s. And then when I actually went with the wasp trip, we had um, all that snow. And my experience is is that really helps with um, the um, upland game birds. And so we had much more rewarding um, observation of things like um, sharp-tailed grouse, chucker and gray partridge um with um the addition of the snow that we got yeah see it seems to make them come to the farms and places like that where you can see them instead of just hunkering down in the bushes see i don't know maybe that's not maybe that's not why it seems like that might be why yeah no i agree with you i think i think it gets them out of the sage and and down into the water birch or areas where there's um cattle and um, some agriculture yeah, it's it's really cool. What do you lead other trips for wasps, or is that your primary one that you've done? I I see. It seems like I see your name all the time. Yeah, no, that's that's my primary one. Um, I have led for um, annual conferences, and um, this conference and the conference before, which I wasn't able to attend. Um, okay. I um, haven't led any of those trips, but I I do um, enjoy leading very much. And speaking to that, I hope to to do more in the future. Um, That's cool. I still work uh, full-time here in Tacoma at a veterinary practice right? and have some administrative responsibilities as well. And so in the last two years, that's um, out of the field um, more than um, I would like. Um, But I'm hoping to change up my administrative responsibilities such that um, I can participate more with, with WASS and um, with other um, organizations. Yeah, you have to stop a lot and work, get in the way of fun. That's that's not good. That is not good. Well, I have a very satisfying job, <laughs> so at least, I'm, at least I'm being pulled in good directions. Oh, teasing. Is that, are you still doing the Nisqually walks? I know, gosh, that's quite, a, quite an undertaking. Wasn't it every week you were doing those, or every two weeks, or what was that? Yeah, so um, I joined up with um, Phil Kelly uh, back in 2008 doing the Nisqually um, Wednesday Walk right. at the Billy, Billy Frank Jr. Um, Nisqually uh, National Wildlife Refuge. And um, uh, he had been leading the walk for um, five years, and um, he got the idea from um, Michael Hobbs, who does the um, Marymore Walk. Oh, okay. Um, yes, Marymore. I know he does that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think um, Michael maybe have have done that walk for upwards of thirty years, which oh my is goodness. just incredible. To, what a database! To think of. Gosh. Yeah, um, and so um, Phil started that um, kind of as as a, a South End type um, uh, thing, and has been keeping keeping a checklist for that. I joined up in in two thousand and eight, and have been doing it with him now for. 11 years, mm-hmm. and then um, more recently, um, in the last, um, gosh, I would say um, three or four years, we've been actually keeping um, a Wednesday walk, the Squally eBird account. Yes. 
so that uh, every week we sort of do the same walk and can contribute to uh, eBird with regards to the information of our sightings. Um, it's interesting um, going to a place like a wildlife refuge and seeing um, the infrastructure of the um, biologists and the technicians that are trying to glean some information um, from these areas. And one of the super exciting things about Nisqually is that they took out that um, five-mile dike right. back in it, uh, it's 2009. It's really made radical change in the, in the area. Yeah. And so there was um, over 750 acres of um, tidal estuary that was restored, and um, the um, people that were involved in helping that to occur were people that had interests in restoring fish populations as well as, well as bird populations and waterfowl, mm-hmm. and um, also um, Native Americans as well. So there was a number of interested parties, and um, I would say that in evaluating that, um, we've seen that uh, the um, uh, USGS um, technicians that come in, in through those programs usually have a three to five year period of time to put the project and collect information. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that as um, a regular walk, once a week that's been going on for 10, 15, 20 years, we may be able to provide um, a little bit of a broader timeline. Sure, for at, for least, at least from bird species. That, but you keep track of mammals yeah. and, and other things too, I think. Yeah, least, yeah. So we've been kind of noting, um, you know, the mammals that we're seeing. And I actually don't know if there's a um, mammal um, observational um, um, app out there that anyone's doing. But um, we do kind of keep track of that as well. And um, I would say overall our impression there at Nisqually is that we've seen um, um, increased numbers of things like um, Dunlin Mm -hmm. and um, uh, fish. There's actually increased numbers of fish using the um, refuge um, as a nursery during the time that smelt come out and transition from the rivers. Uh, so they've been the, successful in that, in that aspect. Yeah. Sounds like it's an early success, yeah. so that's good. It certainly yeah. made it harder to bird for the, for the ordinary birder who doesn't go have the full access you guys get on Wednesdays. It's a, just kind of a much more limited walk you can do than what it used to be. When you could walk the whole loop, you felt like you had more, more variety of habitats and birds. But uh, from an overall you know, wildlife perspective is probably a lot better. It's just a little harder to bird, I think. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think that, you know, we, the grasslands and the freshwater marsh that used to to be there. And so that five-mile loop, first of all, it was a loop as opposed to right. a straight out and back. And, and that, you know, that's not quite as much fun because you have to, you know... Um, Go out and back. <laughs> trace your steps back. Right, exactly. Um, but... Um, I do think that we have a little bit better visualization of some of the, they come in a little bit closer, and then um, we um, have um, more exposure now, I think, to mudflats than previous. So um, we're not particularly good at it yet, but we're spending quite a bit of time looking down at shorebirds that um, are coming through in the spring and the fall, and so hopefully we might have some more 
you know, rare bird sightings. I think that's time. really possible. Yeah, we get better and better at, you know, working on our, um, you know, leaf sandpipers versus, you know, things like uh, the long-toed stint or little stint. Or, <laughs> yeah, from, uh, from the distances kind of we're looking at, that's going to be tough. But yes, I think sometimes they're right under the, right under the boardwalk. You might have a chance. Yep, yep, absolutely. Very cool, very cool. So, Shep, you, you have a trip coming up to the Midwest, don't you? Yeah, I do. So I'm headed to Arsh or the um, Black Swamp Observatory. Yeah, Yeah, to um, uh, look for some uh, warbling or brush up on my my warbler uh, techniques. Um, The biggest week of American birding is the week before I go, which um, I think is um, hopefully going to work out well for us because we'll have some intel Exactly. And, uh, what's being seen and where, um, but hopefully have um, a little less crowds. Yeah, um, I hope it works for you. It, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is such a rush of birds through there that they time those weeks so perfectly that if you're a week or two late or early, you just it's like nothing. Right? <laughs> so hopefully the timing will still work for you. I'm sure you've done your research. Yeah, so I've been out there this week uh, in the past, and it has been um, a good week. Good. And there tends to be some waves that come through. Um, the males come through a day or two before the females. Oh, okay. And um, they just sort of stage right there. And so that, that sometimes is a lot of fun. I bet. Um, kind of seeing those different waves of birds coming through. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, so, Shep, do you have anything uh, you want to pitch while we... Uh while we're here, I mean, your WAS is uh, obviously important to you. Uh, are you involved in any other uh, any other organizations or things you want to put in a good word for? Yeah, so um, I um, enjoy being a member of the Tahoma Audubon, and um, you know, being available to uh, be a part of that organization. That's um, super important to me. Um, with regards to WAS, um, I think that if you um, are the kind of person who has an interest in birding in Washington and um, wants to learn more about some of the access plans and the different kinds of sightings we have. I think um, uh, WAS is just um, a wonderful resource to um, other like-minded birders and um, uh, learning more about where you can find uh, different birds in Washington. It's um, a fabulous state. We've got so many different ecosystems and uh, potentials for for different sightings. Uh, one of my my goals is to see approximately 300 species per year, mm-hmm. and so um, it I takes some doing, but it's at, very possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I spend some time looking at the Birder's Guide to to Washington, which has been put out by by WAS. Um, there's a newer edition that was. Um, that's a, a great in, book. Uh, yeah. 2017. And so um, WAS is, you know, valuable with regards to, um, uh, you know, knowing what's available. It's very supportive of things like the birders dashboard. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a way for, for people who are really interested in, in um, birding the state as much as possible. And then it also um, uh, works with the, um, uh, Washington uh, Birds Record Committee. Yes. And so um, it's involved in sponsoring that. 
So uh, if you're interested in reporting rare birds or learning more about um, that records committee and listing, um, it's a, a great organization for people who are, are interested in county lists and listing birds it um, is. in yeah. the state as well. Matt Bartell and Ken Knittle and others really put in a lot of work on that. That's a great resource. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is, yeah. So, um, you know, being involved, um, it's a great experience. And I think if, if people are looking to do a little bit more with regards to uh, learning more about the state or sharing information or being connected to other people who are uh, interested in burning the area as much as possible, it's a, it's a great organization. And um, I think that the conferences that they put on really um, are a wonderful resource for connecting people and um, getting to know um, some of the, the leaders in the area who enjoy It is a good, good place to meet the faces that go behind the eBird list, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times I notice that. People are like, oh, that, now I know who I'm, I'm, I'm reading about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between tweeters and the eBird list, you know, there's all these people out there that I, I hardly know, and I get to meet a lot of them every year at the convention if I go. I have to say I've not been the best at going, but now that uh, family commitments are less and other things, I, I think I'm going to be a regular. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. The other fun thing about the conference is they do a great job of getting to different parts of the state. And so uh, one year they'll have it on the west side, another year they'll have it on the east side, and they'll uh, make a point of looking at their history and trying to figure out new places to go to. And so I think they do um, a fun job of, um, you know, looking out for uh, newer places to check out they and, do. Um, you know, some one year it'll be in the speakers. fall, and another year it'll be in the spring. And say so move mm-hmm. the time around to meet where the best birding is and the cool areas to go. So, you, you could you yeah. could probably learn the state in ten years if you just went to the WAS conventions. <laughs> yes, probably would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah come pretty close. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, Shep, thanks so much for taking time to come on with me. It's been really fun to talk to you. You're always such a gracious and fun person to be around and always a wealth of knowledge, oh, so bet. I appreciate hey, thanks it. Thanks for inviting I appreciate yeah, it. Thank, thanks, for, yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, it's been a pleasure, and um, hopefully I'll see you in the field sometime soon. You will. Thanks, Shep. Have a good day. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Yep, you have a good day. <laughs> Bye-bye. So before I wrap up this episode of the Bird Banner Podcast, I want to talk a little bit more about the Washington Birder website. It's wabirder.com. I'll leave a link in the podcast notes below. Uh, And it's a terrific resource for Washington birders or anyone who really wants to learn about birds in Washington. It has all sorts of county-wide and statewide information. It has printable county checklists that you can print out and use. It has a, a, a... a big spreadsheet that will help you keep track of uh, what birds you've seen in each county if you're interested in doing that. And it's just a terrific resource. Matt Bartell and Michael Hobbs run that site pretty much, I think, and they just do a terrific job. So make sure you check out wabirder.com. Other things we talked about in the podcast, I'll try to leave links in the podcast notes too, especially to Homa Audubon and to the upcoming WASP Conference convention. So until next time, birders, good birding. Good day.